This is a Rooster Teeth production. We often talk about the mysteries that lurk just beyond the pages we explore each day on the internet. In this episode, we're going to take a look at a few natural phenomena that have given rise to folklore and legends across the world. Enigmas that could happen right in your own backyard. Today, we dive into three earthly mysteries. This is Red Web. Excuse me, folks. Alfredo Diaz, you're with me here live, in person. So is the rattling of the paper supposed to signify that, like... That's the (laughs) difference? Hey, look at the, like, little bits and pieces we can give you now. Like, (laughs) yeah, I've been talking about for a while how... I just wanted to do this in person because, you know, I could look yeah. covered dead in the eyes when we talk about doing it Fonda. Right you know? now. doing it right now. Right in my eyes. And we can have Christian off on the wings just chuckling away and then we can just pounce on him uh, when he does so. Um, Giggle boy. But here we are, you know, uh, in person filming this and we're talking about what, like earthly. Uh, yeah, we have some earthly mysteries, mysteries that we're going to explore today. Yeah, totally. It's a little bit of a different episode. I know that was a rough intro. I'm Trevor Collins. That's Alfredo Diaz. Each week we explore a different unsolved mystery and Alfredo like, reacts to it live. Rough like the earth. Rough like the earth. <laughs> I wow. love this already. Brought it I back around. I love this already. <laughs> okay, step one of our mm-hmm. series that does all the different elements in Avatar. Okay, I see you. Yeah. But more importantly, a step closer to the Atlantis one that I want. Ooh, that's true. We, yeah. we need to get some like some some waterly mysteries. Yeah. Dip our toes in. I think we should absolutely do Atlantis here soon. Terrifying, Christian. What do you think? Yeah, Atlantis. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we mm. talked about it. The idea is not off the table. Okay, it's Perfect. in fact it I'm is. Gonna, I'm gonna just listen take... to it. It is on the table. <laughs> I don't know that came through. Hey, listen again. It is on the table. There There was. I I missed the table the first time. I'm going to extend my hand onto that table and just scoot that more towards the meteor part in the middle, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Um, all right, here we go. It's a handful of different mysteries mm -hmm. that are, I guess, based around Earth. Yeah, we've done a couple compilation episodes before where we explore a bunch of different smaller stuff that might not constitute like a full episode. And this one's particularly interesting because these are natural phenomenon that could happen to anybody. These are things that happen across the world. And what's also interesting about these in particular is that this might be our very first kind of official step, tiptoe, pinky in the water, in towards folklore and like legends and myth of that kind of caliber. You know, we've talked about cryptids, and I think that's as far as we've gotten into that direction. But coming out of some of these topics, we start to open the door towards folklore and things of that nature. And so Task Force, I'd be curious. I don't know where to look. You guys aren't at the table, but... Uh, so I'd be curious we, to feel how you guys feel talking about like that. leprechauns and stuff. Maybe is that a cryptid or a folklore? That that's a very good question. <laughs> so I, where does that say? I'm not a I'm not a cryptologist. Christian? Why are you looking at me? I'm looking I have at no you idea. because you're the you're the man in the chair. You're the man in the I chair. I love you're this. I love like look up dead in the eyes and just like, give we me the Christian? answer. Man in the chair, googling leprechauns. <laughs> left and right. Googled is leprechaun a cryptid? <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> the technology this man has in this chair is crazy. We're going to get you on so many lists. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but without further ado, why don't we dive into our first topic, which is that of the fairy rings and fairy circles. Two different items. I thought they were the same. A lot of people, if you Google it, they will be synonymous, but they are actually different. Have you heard of these before? No. I mean, a ring is a circle. Circles are 
Ring. Yep. Now, Ring is. <laughs> go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go okay. Back to, no, no, no. We're going back to fifth grade a for ring a hot is minute. A circle. Christian, Google up some circles. You got a it. circle isn't necessarily <laughs> a ring, like true. But a ring is a circle. Well, mm. what the no? Because no, yeah. Let's move past. It. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> I like this. I like this energy. I get listen. <laughs> this, this man took a sip of his drink and nearly killed I, himself. Here's the thing. Here's there the thing. would be no mystery. I took a sip of some energy drink, hit me right in the uvula, almost choked on it. I also realized I can drink anywhere I record this podcast. It doesn't have to be in person. I don't know. I'm like a kid trying to show off at, at, a, at a birthday party. Yeah. I had too like, much cake. Check this out. I could drink liquids. Like, <laughs> couldn't you have done that at home too? Shh, I'm not allowed. Uh, okay, why don't we dive into the fairy rings and fairy circles? So we're gonna talk about the fairy ring first, and, I'll, and then I'll define what the circle version is. Uh, but the most common fairy ring is when mushrooms inexplicably show up in an almost perfect circle, sometimes appearing overnight, very quickly. Uh, now this is something that has appeared all over the world, but you might find them in forests, and there's a lot of folklore around what they mean. But these rings can be upwards of 33 feet, which is a very specific measurement, but they can actually get over 10 meters wide and are able to move locations, kind of moving around in that perfect circle shape. And they also kind of stick around for years. Uh, they tend to be, they can be very old, they can also be very new, whatever, but uh, there's one in France that is said to have a 2,000 foot wide diameter and have been around for 700 years. It's just a big old, nearly perfect circle of mushrooms yeah pretty much is that just how they work well that's the mystery I mean, yeah yeah <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, for sure but that's how they appear yeah. yes uh essentially like perfect circles with the mushrooms at the periphery of said circle a ring of mushrooms oh not even a full wow okay yeah no that's where the ring part comes into play that makes sense yeah uh, okay yeah no that's weird it's very strange especially if you see it pop up overnight I've, i think i've seen this in my own yard I don't know if you, I mean, San Francisco doesn't really no, have yards. concrete jungle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, and it usually pops up if it's like super humid or super moist. And that will play into the explanation here. But it's just a ring. It could be different sizes. and Yeah, they can they can range. They can be very small, you know, maybe a few feet. So or they are could we be saying huge. that like this is the doing of like fairies? Could be. Yeah. So let's talk about that mythological explanation okay. there. So there's many stories that claim these rings are where fairies dance in a circle and their presence, for whatever reason, uh, you're making a face. Uh, I don't know. why. Uh, stick with me. Okay. The fairies are dancing around in a circle and because of the magics within them or what have you, I'm not going to dive into the folklore necessarily, but right. it's it's basically the footprint. They're, they have been there and thus the mushrooms have, have shown their presence. See, again... I referred to the fact that we're in person. Mm -hmm. And since we're in person, you did catch my face. And my face <laughs> was a face of confusion. It was less about the fairies and more of the fact that they only dance in circles. Why are you looking? Why are you guys looking at me for this? <laughs> I'm, looking for a, I'm looking for a third opinion, a second opinion, rather. Yeah. I speak when called upon and no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be, you will be looked upon many a time. Chris, Christian, that's the, you, you've sat down at a hot mic. Oh, yeah. They call that yeah. in the industry. No. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to just think. Well, let's not. That let's they not like only dance in a circle. Well, let's not complain about the fairies' form. We don't know what they, uh, what how they like to dance. You know, when I go square dancing, which I do on many occasions, you know me, no. put on my boots, tip tap toe in a square dance. You know, you might see a square of mushrooms pop up if I've been dancing around in I, your lawn. I'd get that checked out. I'll be real. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Okay. Coming back to the circles in their very specific shape, walking through a fairy circle is said to be very bad luck, uh, at least in English and Celtic superstition. And any human who uh, who did would be cursed to dance to death with the fairies. What is how it kind of goes. The hell? I mean, that's very specific. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could just test it out. You would you would you test it out though? No, because I don't mess with that kind of stuff. So is it um, so easy though? Yeah, because I mean they'll. I mean, come on, we've so many episodes of people are just like I'm the one that killed the person. I'm the murderer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like you can get one of those people or <laughs> those people adjacent to walk into said circle. Just just sh- show up, fairies, at one of our prison yards, <laughs> dance in a circle, and we'll just sh- usher all the inmates through it. And then Shave we'll off do a year or two. Or <laughs> oh, my God. It's bad know. luck, not an illness. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, like, you know, just test it. Run 100 people through it. Run a double-blind study on these fairy rings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, Task Force, Fredo, Christian, if you find yourself stumbling into one of these fairy rings and you have yourself some bad luck, there is a way to release yourself from it, and that would be to walk around the ring nine times. Good luck if you stumble into the one in France that's 700 years old and 2,000 feet wide because... Yeah, you'll be walking forever. You're going to be walking some miles. And it can only be done under a full moon. Oh, Jesus. And don't lose count either. Because if you happen to hit nine, you're like, you know what? Let's do one more for safety. If you go to 10, that results in extremely bad luck. So now you've doubled down on the bad luck. Oh, so you kind of have to like take your phone, put it down. That's the starting point. Right. Here's the question. What if the ring of mushrooms is the size of like an actual ring, like a like a wedding ring? How do you step around that? You're going to have some baby bad luck. <laughs> or... You're just going to pick it up and not even know. You could have so many like so many sins attached to you for all those yeah. circles you, you I feel trounced. like it'd be hard to take like, I don't know, a grown adult and just trance around such a small circle. I saw Christian laughing, it chuckled there earlier. Is something funny about curses to you, Christian? Can we take no, this seriously? I'm just, I'm, looking for, I'm just looking for fairy rings. Okay. I just imagine a small little fairy, <laughs> like one of those ones uh, in the 90s where you pulled the ripcord and the, it spins up into the air. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, that's how you get those tiny circles. Small little tangent here, but one of the kind of like uh, tails behind corgis is because like on their shoulders, their their fur is lighter. Oh, yeah. And it said that fairies rode corgis into battle. That is an amazing. Oh, yeah. my God. I need visual yeah. confirmation of that. There were the there were the mounts. Just oh, now I'm just imagining like <laughs> corgis battle. running into battle, <laughs> you know, with the the metal helms yeah, and stuff, and like fairies outfit. going. Yep. Oh man, that's a beautiful sight. All right, well, this is where I want to take a bit of a fork in the road, and now kind of clarify between fairy rings and fairy circles, because this okay. is where we're going to kind of set one aside and dive into the other. So fairy rings is is what we've been talking about. These are circular formations of fungi, usually mushrooms popping right. up. Fairy circles, on the other hand, are arid grass formations where the grass forms a ring with nothing in the middle. So something like a dirt patch in the middle. Sometimes this is a perfect circle of dirt, and sometimes this circle is surrounded by taller grass in the middle of a larger field. Sometimes it's just a ring of grass kind of by itself. Sometimes it's just a random perfect circle of dirt in an otherwise field of grass. And this happens all over the world. This... So the ring, the fairy rings, the happens mushrooms, all over the world. that happens pretty commonly. Well, not commonly, but they happen, but happen all anywhere. over the world. Yes. Okay. This is more specific. The circles are particularly common in the Namib Desert 
and they were believed for many years to only appear there until 2014 when they were also found in Australia. So they tend to be very arid climates is where the circles are found. Now, coming back to the rings for just a second, a lot of people might be kind of sitting along with us and knowing that there is an answer to this that has come about, I don't know if in our lifetime, but I certainly found out somewhere in my teens or whatever, that this is like a mycelium growth underground. And as this mushroom, as this fungi, what are you laughing about? What's going on, Giggles? I'm just, I'm listening to all this information, and it's, it's very intriguing when we're in person, and, and for some reason, we, well, it's probably because we, you know, the first time we're doing this in person, <laughs> I just took a glance down, you're in flip-flops with socks, bro. Dude, dude, <laughs> respect the drip. Okay, I came to party. It looks comfy, dude. I am. I'm cruising in Comfort Central. (laughs) Okay, I lost my mind. This is this is. Tell me all about all these fairy rings. Take a look at take a look at this man in front of you and describe what you're seeing. So you've got uh, some flip flops that look durable, comfy. Um, Absolutely. You've got some green. White and like navy blue socks on. Not just any green. Kind of green. Some neon ne- it green. It is neon green. Mm. It is yeah. neon green. Then you've got some very comfy Achievement Honor sweats on. Yeah. Um, like that tie-dye. Yeah, like the tie-dye the Red and black. It's just, you know, your socks. Got a lot of different layers on me right now. <laughs> just the socks A lot the of different flops. looks. <laughs> socks and flops, dude. Ask your dad about this look. <laughs> That's a dad look he would for know. sure. He would know. <laughs> this is the look that a man has when he goes, I forgot we were recording in person. Yep. I ain't changing nothing. I ain't changing. I'm going from comfy inside to comfy outside. Comfort is rolling with me. That If there's one thing I picked up from this quarantine sort of situation... It's comfort. That's a good thing to have. I brought shorts. (laughs) (laughs) This man's just got a normal outfit on, (laughs) but he's got shorts. Yeah. Okay. um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mycelium. All right. The the mushroom ring. That's the explanation is that the mycelium essentially is a network. I liken it to nerves in your body. It's, it's like veins. They're searching out through the dirt for new nourishment and if if it's in lush ground and it's finding nourishment everywhere it's going to grow out at an even pace in all directions thus you get a circle so the fungus is under the ground the mushrooms you see mushrooms can grow very fast and so that's why they can pop up overnight and they grow in the circle because that's where i guess just the anatomy of the fungus that's where they uh they grow in the on the periphery of the mycelium uh, so to, is the mycelium always just in a circle then? Not always. Just I think in in certain circumstances it can that it, it just yeah, can be just blossom these the this circle of yeah. fungi. Now it's like common around the world in general, but yeah, when it comes to this specific formation, it's relatively rare. If that makes any sense. Regarding why they're in circles, the large rings are created when the older mycelium in the center finally exhausts the soil nutrients and dies. There and then is. after the central mycelium dies, the nutrients are returned to the soil, and the grass will start growing again. And so, just the mushrooms on the edge are the last ones to to die in that formation. Right. The the living edges will continue to grow outward in some cases. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that's nature just doing its thing. The, I mean, I don't know what's weirder, like coming across mushroom that are grown in a perfect circle or just like a circle dirt patch in the in the grass. I would say that one. So we know the, the fairy rings have an understood reason, right? The fungus, we can understand all of that. Right. It's rare, but we get it. But the fairy circles, on the other hand, while extremely similar, mm-hmm. are still uncertain as to why 
they exist. Right. So from like a scientific standpoint, that is weirder. But if I came across the two, not knowing any of this, I would see the fairy ring, mm -hmm. the mushrooms and go, that's weird. And then I'd see the fairy circle, the dirt patch in the circle and go, someone put a bucket there and left it there. Someone put a, a bucket there. <laughs> I mean, that's a big bucket. I'm going to, I'm going to pull one up unless you have. Yeah, I've got a fairy circles example. Holy hell. And they tend to be yeah in groups, unlike the fairy rings, which are usually isolated incidents. What's that face? They're not blisters. I don't. I don't. <laughs> They're I not don't, earth blisters. I don't. Just, I just don't like a lot of circles like that put together. Well, I forgot oh, what phobia the, um, that is. Oh, trypophobia. I yep. think. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I don't even like the word. I don't. Yeah. A Scares lot of circles me. together like that freaks me out. Didn't always, but I saw an article or something, and it was gross. Don't describe it. I don't want to pick I up any phobias. I'm not going to tell you. Find the uh, so when you look up task force, when you look up fairy rings, you're gonna find a wiki page that says the rings and the circles they're all the same. But there is a specific wiki page for the fairy circles in particular, and I think in the title it specifies. Oh, that's huge! Yeah, big bucket. So this one now that we're showing up. So obviously we always post our photos to our Twitter page, the ones that we reference anyway at Red Web Pod. Give us a follow. But yeah, so there's there's various kinds of these fairy circles. These ones tend to be in clusters, but sometimes they're just like perfect dirt patches in the yeah. middle of an otherwise arid grassland, and they can survive for 30 to 60 years. So these are long living things, oh. and they per the Wikipedia page, which is why the numbers are so specific. They have diameters that have been measured between seven and 49 feet or two and 15 meters if you prefer. Now, I'm assuming that you could still grow things in it if you wanted to. You know what, that's a really good question. Like, could you, is like the soil just tainted at that point? Cause that's a very long time. Yeah, for just like a perfect circle of yeah. dirt for nothing to be growing in there. I mean, that's the challenge is that the environment that these tend to show up in are already not very hospitable for plant right. life. And so, a lot of people think that that is like the key behind why these form. Now, I'm sure that you could dig a bunch of different holes, one or a couple being in the middle of the circle, some being outside of the circle, plant a bunch of different fruit or trees or whatever, and I'm sure they would all struggle just as well. But yeah. but that's a really good question that I don't I don't know if I have the answer to that. If uh, if the soil in particular is different inside versus out. I mean, they're still studying this phenomenon, but that could very well be a part of the, uh, the the answer. Yeah, I mean, it's just all weird in general, but I'd chalk it up to nature being nature. It's just coming across something like that, I, I'd be very confused. Yeah. I would think that someone had did that on purpose. It, it does look so intentional. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, if I was, if I teleported somewhere in the world and I saw that, I'd be like, this is a strange thing, but, yeah. like, it's like a natural monument. Yeah, someone took the time to do this. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Especially, now, this this doesn't directly answer, but it is interesting. The Himba people are actually, they actually use and protect these circles because for agricultural purposes, because they support the grass in a land that otherwise, like I mentioned, plants are very uncommon here. And so by protecting this, they at least have some greenery which can support an ecosystem. And so if they're a farmer or like I said, working with agriculture in any way, it's actually beneficial. But that leads us to the theory section that I want to try to dive into some of the attempted solutions or answers as to what these circles are all about. Um, obviously, starting with the myths in the supernatural, there are myths from the Himba people that these circles are footprints of the gods, that this is where the gods have shown their presence on this earth and it has scarred the earth in some way to basically be like, they're here, they've been here. But others believe that these could be crop circles in some way, whether they're prank versions, right, caused by people. Yeah. 
or caused by aliens. Maybe I mean, an alien craft came down, beamed yeah. some, some cow up in that spot. Well, like, the whole god theory, I think that's very interesting to me because, I don't know, you just like to think that there's, like, a higher power or being or something sure. like that, right? But they... I mean, I what mean, else are do you they, think? Are they tiny gods? Because why did they stop in, like, a circle? If that's, like, one of the bigger circles, don't laugh at me. Maybe if that's one of the low? bigger circles, like... I feel like they're restricting themselves, and as gods, why would they do that? Unless they're really tiny gods. <laughs> and so that big circle is, like, huge. I'm just thinking now, a bunch of gods with perfectly circular feet. But then where <laughs> are all the other little holes? I don't know. Maybe they, uh, maybe they like, they, they, oh, I flew too low. I got to kick off this earth again so I can keep floating. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, In terms of aliens. You can see that. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> No, what if the alien came down and then obviously there's some form of radiation or chemicals from their planet, home world, mm. and that taints it. But again, why just that specific circle? Why does a spacecraft always have to be a circle? It's it's just the perfect craft, you know? Yeah. When they, you, perf you <laughs> they perfected spaceflight it's a, in a circle. Maybe they came from a planet far, far away with some of Scott's turf builder. You know, they just dropped off, a per you know, dropped off a perfect ring, a couple rings of grass. About? You know, this will help out the people, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Some, some, you know, some grass fertilizer from another place. Okay. Gods and aliens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, I knew that was coming. For yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, that's what I find so interesting about some of the folklore is that the answers are, are obviously like crafted out of not knowing. But I, right. I just find folklore in general this is like a, a more shallow piece of folklore but i just find folklore and ancient religion to be very very fascinating so this is kind of a like a guilty pleasure of mine to explore these topics but yeah my my fascination with that is um is always just that kind of thought of what if what they're saying or the folklore is an exaggeration of something that actually is right mm. where it might not be as supernatural but it's maybe this small part of their journey that they've come across that is in some way supernatural or yeah. in some way, you know, extraterrestrial. Like maybe a, like a game of telephone or Gardic phone where it started as something real. Exactly. Like I, I saw this thing that I could kind of explain and then it, it kind of as it got to our yep. generation over the years. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I love so much about history. As a kid, history couldn't be, it couldn't have been more boring. But now as an adult, I got nothing else going on. I'm like, <laughs> history, man. But yeah, so that's really interesting. I thought that was a, a, a nice little kind of theory to explore. But moving on to the next theory, right. some people believe that these circles are caused by sand termites burrowing into the ground and causing the plants to die. Uh, this could be whether it's because they're eating out the roots of the, of the grass, therefore causing them to die and burn out in the sun, uh, or maybe they're eating the plants themselves. And so, therefore, these circles could literally just be the size of their colonies. And, and when they stop expanding outward, the grass is totally fine. And maybe yeah. doing that kind of pushes some of the nutrients in the ground out towards right, those outwards. to the perimeter so that some of the grasses there can, can end up being a little taller. And that's where you get that distinct look. See, for me, something like that is a theory that we could just test, you know? So I'm sure there's like people that like are looking into this and studying this. I just kind of question why they wouldn't just test that and then scratch that off yeah. if, if it doesn't apply. But that makes sense. Yeah, It, it definitely knew, makes sense. I knew there'd be some type of like bug that some would come into play in, in the theories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they're still exploring it and so they probably haven't ruled it out, but they have found some that didn't have termites underneath the circles. And so the question still remains, okay, well, some can obviously appear without these termites 
Are there multiple right. causes, or can we entirely rule out the termites? Uh, but yeah, you're right, that can absolutely be tested. Another theory to talk about is, is carbon monoxide. There's not a whole lot of evidence for this one, but simply enough, this theory purports that carbon monoxide underground is simply killing the plants across a wider field because maybe there's some sort of source of carbon monoxide underground right. and it's coming up through spots and it's just killing plants in a certain area. But again, not a whole lot of evidence for that, just a theory. And another one, before we go to the strongest theory, another one that doesn't really have a whole lot of evidence kind of comes back to the idea of fungus and microbes that perhaps, much like the fairy rings, there are spots of fungi around that maybe grow in that circular pattern and they are stealing nutrients or in some way killing the grass that's around there. And therefore, the only place for the grass to grow is just on the periphery of, of that fungus or those microbes. But again, not a whole lot of conclusive evidence there. But it does lead us nicely into the idea of plant competition, which is still a very broad strokes theory. But it definitely gets probably the closest that we have to an answer right now, uh, based on the years of observing these circles and the coming and going of them and how they might form. And a lot of those observations were done by ecologist Dr. Stephen Getzen, who led a study published in the Journal of Ecology in 2020, and he was closely monitoring these rings, these circles, I should say, in Australia. They found that when there was heavy rainfalls onto the sand, that it actually created a layer of clay over the sand and over the soil, which would kind of make a barrier for any plants that would try to grow there. And to compound that theory, after the rainfall, with that kind of harder soil in that shape, whatever shape might be, the rain will hit that, roll off to the edges, and thereby feed the plants on the edge of that shape. Right. Now, for it to be in a perfect circle is very interesting to create clay just in, in these circular shapes, but... Yeah, as, the, as we go down the list of theories, they become more realistic in my mind. Yeah. But none of them really explain the shape, how they're yeah. always in a circle. I think, I mean, obviously this is a mystery, hence why we're talking about mm -hmm. it. But yeah, none, none of that like comes into play as to why it's a circle. It could be, and this is just my extrapolating of this theory, but let's just pretend it made like a square shape when it made this clay, a relatively large patch of area, or just a random shape. It could be that when the rain then falls back onto that, it rolls off and maybe over time it ends up eroding that shape downward. And so it becomes, the blob slowly gets rounded off into a circle. Yeah. But then that would mean that you would see plenty of these circles next to plenty of these blobs, exactly. you know? You'd at some point see non-circles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the circles is the mystery part of it. To me, that's where the, the, the piece of plant competition comes into play because plants grow very geometrically. And if they're just blindly reaching out uniformly to look for nutrients right. and there was some sort of competing species in play, whether it be the microbes, fungus, or other grasses, this, this idea is what could create the circular pattern, much like the fairy rings with the mycelium. But the intricate play therein is still yet to be completely explained and completely understood. Yeah, I think it'd be very interesting if, you know, you took a handful of scientists and had them try to replicate this in the, with the different theories. Yeah. I think it would be very interesting to see. So this is actually, now that you say that, this is going to be a really fun episode for you. Because okay. you like the practical. You like physical evidence. Yeah. 
you like the scientific method, and at least this this topic right here can absolutely be explored very heavily yeah. with the scientific method. I thought you were going to say, because I like rolling around in dirt or something. And you love that dirt, dude. You're rolling around in it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but you put it out random. there. But yes, I'm a fan of the tangible. So that is the fairy rings, the fairy circles, very interesting, but that's just uh, our first step into the foray of these earthly mysteries. As we go through this episode, I think they're going to get a little bit more intriguing, a little bit less known, less explicable, but uh, this next one I find very interesting, and this is one of the first ones, you know, when we conceived this show that Christian and I had talked about, and it's going to require some work on the part of the, uh, of the task force, you guys listening, if you want to experience this particular mystery yourself you can by way of many recordings online but without further ado why don't we just just let's just dive in okay so across the internet videos can be found depicting what many have described as the trumpets of the apocalypse these videos are from all over the world and it's unclear if it's just a viral hoax or there's something more to it these videos started going viral in the 2010s uh, particularly, there's a compilation video from 2015 that really set this off. And so this is a relatively recent mystery. Um, but yeah, it's it's this this sky trumpet is what they're called. And, uh, and we have some videos that we can show Fredo here, but um, we'll link some on our Twitter. And if we can, with copyright issues excluding, uh, we'll try to post one of these videos on our Twitter as well so you can go check one of them out. But otherwise, just kind of search online for sky trumpets and you'll see what we're talking about bro what the hell is that it's got different <laughs> tones and everything yeah, it's wild so for those of you who want to know what we're looking at right now that Whoa. most of these videos are just someone looking up at the sky usually just some wide open landscape yep. and then this sound comes in and it's not always the same too you have what we just showed you which is this kind of whirring humming noise yeah. there are yeah it was very weird with like, like a woo in the background or whatever. Yeah, I was very focused on the sky there, but I mean, were there any like mountains in the background? I think there was some some mountains in the background okay. of that one. All right, maybe maybe some air cutting through. I'm just trying to explain. That was yeah. weird. That was really weird. It was very one of those like um, big old sci-fi movies that you'd have like Tom Cruise and the world is ending. I mean, there's even yeah. a, a dog. He's like, come here, come here. He's like, no, bring the dog. <laughs> it's it's like, like, <laughs> seconds before things start getting really weird and the sky changes yep. colors. Like it's literally that kind of like moment. Yeah. It's, it's funny too. Uh, he, he got his dog to make sure it was safe. There's a kid running about way over there. Don't know if it's his kid, but he's got his priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. Keep the dog safe. Safety <laughs> but yeah, they, they tend to sound like off-key trumpets or whale calls, some of them. A lot of them sound like rusty swings, but like big, like very enormous rusty scraping noises. One of them I heard sounded almost like Godzilla. The the sound that he makes oh, one of his yeah. one of his distinct roars from the I OG movies. Yep, I have it right in my head. I won't dare try it. But um, was that kid freaking out? The, no, they the, were just the, running around. The kid just seemed like he was just moseying along. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's worth paying attention to as well. Yeah, because, right. Like, because if it's a hoax, then right. Then haha. I mean, I'm sure the people that don't believe in it that believe it's a hoax, it's like ha. Why wouldn't that kid freak out too? Right. Why or, weren't they listening and right, just standing looking around up and interacting? But because of the sound, obviously, they've been nicknamed the Sky Trumpets. A lot of the videos that are recorded of this tend to be aimed up at the sky, which means if you're there experiencing this, whatever it is, it's probably emanating. Because it's hard to tell in a video where it's yeah. emanating from, but there are videos of people in forests 
they often tend to be in mountainous forested areas, which I think is also something worth noting. I mean, I'll be honest. This is probably after, what, 50 odd episodes that we've done. The alien theory would fit the most with this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. That sounds like some weird extraterrestrial stuff, man. Yeah. Well, there's a website. If you want to go there, Task Force, proceed with caution, you know, do your, your scans and all that. Don't download anything. Strangesounds.org. And they catalog and compare all these different Sky Trumpet videos going as far back as 2008. I think it was... In 2020, there was a resurgence of these videos. They went viral again. And when things go viral like that, it makes me think that it's either a real event that happened and a lot of people witnessed it and recorded it, or yeah. on the other hand, it became a very popular topic. And so a lot of people started looking for this. Yep. A lot of people are trying to, I mean, especially now in 2020 where everyone's podcasting, everyone's a content creator, <laughs> right? It's just like if you, everyone's trying to hop on any and every clicks. trend mm -hmm. and so if this is trending that's a thing especially in 2020 i've been we're all locked down part of this podcast for too long also <laughs> maybe it's a good the government testing some kind of weapon that would probably be in the theories now do i subscribe to <laughs> aliens or government testing uh things in a facility no I'm not but thinking. you're gonna, uh, but when I get there. No, no, I think it's the wind. I'm gonna say it's the wind. Let me pose this question. Okay. What if we controlled the wind? <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey, pipe down! Bro, it's pipe like a <laughs> line. And, and like, I don't know. Like an uh, like last <laughs> airbender reboot, bro. Like in what 2020. What if we controlled the wind? What if we controlled Aang? <laughs> It'd be like one of those lines from like 2012, you know, when the Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal was like, what if we control? Oh, wait, what is he in? He's in Day After Tomorrow. Anyway, we'll come back to it. We'll get around there. Yeah, I think the theories are going to be really fun with this. If I, man, there's a lot of like stuff that I say it's terrifying, but I don't know. Something about that is is pretty scary. Yeah. Because it mean, I don't know. I believe in global warming. I think it's a thing. I feel like my mind, realistically, if I was just walking about, and I heard something like that, I'd be like, oh, no, some kind of like giant iceberg melted off and it's thrown everything off access. And this is this is bad. Right. Got to get to the core of the planet. Kick yeah. it back up again. Yeah, that's Great the thing, movie. dude. Like that's that's why I wanted to do an earthly that mystery centric weird. episode. But this this is something that if you're walking around again, you you can experience this anywhere on Earth. These videos come in from all over the place. And yeah, if I experienced that, I don't know I don't know what I would feel because there's still so much of this earth that we are still figuring out. Whether it's the ocean and exploring the bottom of it, which is essentially space, if it's geographic phenomenon uh, that we'll kind of get into a little bit in the theories that we just don't know about. This is a huge yeah. living rock. There's a lot going on. Yep. Um, and we are just tiny specks of dust on it. Oh yeah. So whatever thing can make a sound like this, is immediately terrifying. I'd have a was it Robert Neville? I am legend reaction at the sky of like no, no, no sky, no. <laughs> and what if it stopped right then? Okay, freak, freak me out, dude. <laughs> freak me out. The well, sky like, caller. Flip side of that, if like some kind of kaiju came out of the water, I'd be like. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, that's really cool. I need to call my mom. Ooh. All right. But that's pretty much it. That That is the mystery. And because these videos cropped up all over the world and there seems to be no obvious explanation describing what's going on, 
people online started to freak out, and that's why it really went viral. Has there been any type of like talk about this before like 2010? Not really. I okay. mean, maybe if, uh, Christian. I don't know if we can find anything. I yeah. mean, this goes back as far as 20, 2008. Yeah. Is is really when it's been paid attention to, and it so, only got attention in the last ten years or yeah, so. Yeah, because I feel like it's it, it's a part of that age where like Windows Movie Maker is a thing that yep. everyone can kind of like futz around with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be I don't know. I was just very curious to see if like someone in I don't know nineteen sixty, right? You know what I mean? Like talked about this and wrote about it or anything like that. But right. Uh, Things got to start somewhere. Right. I, I suppose that's true, but with how old and relatively consistent the Earth is, minus like things like climate change, yeah. you would expect if this is just some normal earthly phenomenon that someone anytime in our history, documented or otherwise, would have talked about this. Yeah. But I guess, I guess that's not. Was, Maybe not captured on about. video because... Right, you know, yeah. But that's what I was saying, anywhere. just like written it down somewhere you know yeah wrote, had it in their journal or something yeah well i mean like necessarily be video based that that's what makes me wonder because like the next thing i had in my notes was like these people online that were panicking about this they're theorizing that it could be anything like the trumpets that are beckoning the apocalypse that it's the trumpet of archangel gabriel that it's it's the arrival of aliens or something and honestly, now you got me thinking, like, maybe when we look back, if this was a natural phenomenon, it was a part of these stories. Maybe maybe it's why we have this concept of the trumpets of the apocalypse. Maybe it's why we have some of these things in our religions and in our stories. True, because they came across this, like, sound in the sky and then wrote about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that got passed down to storytellers. And they, right. they you know, gave life to it and made it bigger than... Right. And anything that they could like, Let's just attribute that to our Zeus. Yeah. Or whatever, right? It's very interesting. But yeah, the fact that it came up recently is definitely another thing that makes me lean towards certain theories more than others. But ultimately, there's no scientifically agreed upon answer. So with that said, let's dive into some of those theories, some of which you nailed in your, in your gut feelings. I knew it. I'm going to talk about two of those that don't have a whole lot to talk about. They're just straightforward theories and then we'll go into the some of the ones that have some more mate mate and taters the first one being that this is earthquakes that whoever's filming these videos can't feel at the time that these earthquakes are so violent somewhere that they're creating this turbulent sound in the atmosphere or that it's just the sound of the earth grinding against itself but for some reason, whoever's filming it can't feel it. But if a ton of these have come up, and if that's the theory, I mean, I know we're tracking earthquakes all around mm-hmm. constantly. You would see some sort of... Right, there'd be some correlation there, right? You'd, because at, at, at this point, you could timestamp these videos. Right. Where and, were you? And, when were you? Yeah, where, Let's look at when, seismographs. And then, like, you know, talk to a geologist or whatnot and, and see check the seismographs, see if there was something happening. Right. I feel like you kind of get down to the bottom of that. Yeah. In a less natural but very, very similar vein, there's another theory that says perhaps that these are just videos, involves construction or large automotives like trains, just some large mobile or even a boat scraping into a dock, just something that the viewer of the video can't see, whether it's behind the camera or just something out of eyesight because these, like I said, tend to be in like hill country they tend they tend to be Chris, correct, correct me if i'm wrong christian out in the hillsides like every video i've seen at least up till this point 
tend to be somebody with a very large scenic view of just whatever. They're very, uh, they vary a lot because I've seen some that are in, in landscapes you're talking about, but then there are some that are in like downtown mm. cityscapes from apartment balconies. Interesting. Yeah. Just someone walking out with their uh, <laughs> socks and flops. Socks and flops. Holy you know, hell. It. What is happening? What's Whoa. that noise? Whoa, I'm so comfortable. But what is that? <laughs> At least I'll die comfortable. That's what they'd be thinking. <laughs> See, mm, the reason why I could kind of subscribe to that is, is because of the fact that the noises vary so much. Mm-hmm. So it could be a train and how it echoes off of the mountains and the trees or in some cases, I guess, skyscrapers, whatnot. Yo, yeah. What if it's just a train applying the e-brake in some valley that you can't see? And so it's that's the grinding noise that you're not hearing maybe in, in the video we showed you, but in right. some of them because I of deers on the like, tracks or something. I guess like what is like the perfect storm for that to travel so far, right? I mean, yeah. it'd have to do with the wind probably as well. But I mean, what does that look like where it have to be perfectly aligned for a train to send that audio frequency down like i don't know yeah tens of hundreds of miles well i mean if a man in lederhosen can can yodel into the swiss alps and we can hear that for miles i think a train with the e-brakes can <laughs> yeah no that's true i don't know like yeah i mean that it's that theory is did so i say far- lederhosen or did i say you something said else okay yeah, I, said lederhosen. I, want to, I want to make sure i get that right yeah no it isn't as far-fetched because the sounds vary so much or so i'm being told right right and so it could be a boat scraping at one point or i don't know uh, you know a train also regarding what you were asking about have there been any instances before whatever year we were discussing yes these uh, occurrences events whatever you're going to call them have had different names some people call them skyquakes and then depending Mm. on the area it occurred there are a ton of different names but it looks like they're at least just based on what i'm reading right now there have been these sounds or instances reported dating back to the 1800s. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. All right. So I guess they didn't really become common knowledge until maybe the internet and a right, couple of videos, videos actually more captured documented it. And yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, because like, if you don't have, I don't know, video or audible proof, mm-hmm. what, I heard some trumpet kind of noise right. in the sky. Like, how do you even right. take that person seriously at that point? Or how can you prepare for that? Like, yeah. decades ago, if you thought you saw, like, a UFO or something you couldn't identify in the air, you might be like, honey, go get the camera, and then you, you yep. crank that thing to life. But yeah, if this is just a short audio burst, and this yeah. is pre-cell phones in everyone's pockets, because we're talking 2008, right? Yep. Before then... Cell phones with capable video, not super common. Not super common. Yeah, not everyone has that. So you're not like ready to, you know, it, it wasn't an instinct. Until- See, it's something like this that's going to be a mystery, God, forever. Because how do you, how do you even study that, right? Yeah, how do you like you, identify just, the origin and all that? There's just no way to study that. You don't know when. You don't know where. Mm-hmm. You kind of have some idea. I don't, well, no, because there's they happen in sky. I don't know in cities and stuff apparently too. So there's just no way to study that. This, it's going to have to be something where they have much like the ocean just has microphones around. Right. It's just going to have to be something like that it where comes you across some, some luckily capturing like station or set of devices. Yeah, it's very is, interesting. I, I don't know, man. Like, what makes that kind of noise? What if it was a giant flying harmonica? <laughs> 
This man's in too, this man's <laughs> in too deep. We got to pull him out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it definitely, and, and we'll keep going back to the theories here in a second, but like it, it's definitely in my mind a, a wind meeting something. It, yeah. it, it's definitely wind vibrating something, whether yep. it be trees or whistling, like a, like almost like a natural whistle if it happens to hit a, a large rock formation that just has like a sharper edge that splits the wind. It's It's got to be something like that. I that's feel like. where that's at in my mind. And uh, I don't know, for me, <laughs> I, I kind of really like place my mind there because I don't know, like growing up, I was, uh, you know, I'd walk over to japantown in san francisco and so when i you know the route that i would take there you know be slightly uphill but you know there'd be these apartment buildings that weren't like super tall but you know they were apartment buildings so Mm -hmm. they had like 10 floors to them or whatnot and walking through there on a windy day like the wind just funneled through to the point where it would you know i'd have to kind of like pay attention at you know the pace i was walking because i get knocked on my ass if i didn't because the wind was so strong so what's to say like you don't take something like that and then you know throw it into through a mountain pass or something like that oh yeah to get those weird type of noises. I mean you get sound. the whistles in in a, like an old doorway or window. I mean like yeah. wind wind is crazy. It, it wind can be yeah the very way, powerful. Yeah the way wind is funneled through could be powerful and, and can make all kinds of noises. Hundred percent. That's where my mind is at. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the uh, the Gap in the Mysteries, where I talk directly to you, the audience, the lovely ones at home, the task force. I am unfortunately home right now while I do this, but I'm very excited that our episodes are being recorded in person for the first time in the entire run of this podcast. This is the first episode we've done in person. So I'm so excited because I feel like the energy is off the chain hook, as they say on Key & Peele. But yeah, no, I'm super stoked to be in person because it's just a little bit easier to look across the table, see all your coworkers, and be able to talk to them about some mysteries. You know what? I want to look across the table at you right now and talk about some of our fine, fine sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Life is full of stressors. Everyone's got them, whether it's job stuff, interpersonal dynamics, or even juggling responsibilities. Everyone can use a chance to unload. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I know I never use my camera because no one needs to see these socks and flops during my sesh, okay? It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in just under 48 hours. So that's super fast. If you want to get in there, you can do it right away. Unload the stressors and get some feedback, unbiased feedback, from professionals. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain from it. Again, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And Red Web listeners, Task Force, that's you. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash redweb. And just in case, R-E-D-W-E-B. You know, I never spell that one out, but I feel like I should sometimes. This podcast is also sponsored by Babbel. Babbel brings bite-sized language lessons with practical, real-world vocabulary. I was able to use Babbel and refresh some of the French that uh, I used to speak back in my younger years. I took French in school and and a little bit of Spanish. And so now I'm like, you know what? If I need to uh, brush that off or (laughs) bruce, je bruce that off, I can practice my French now. Why would I practice French over something a little bit more utilitarian like Spanish? Because I'm in Texas? Well, because I want to. Also because my girlfriend knows French and and it's just a thing, man. 
Babbel lets you choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish and French, and even ones like Russian and Indonesian. Other language learning programs use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel's lessons were created by over 100 language experts, so you know you're going to get it right. And their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you work on your pronunciation, so not only will you have the right words, but you'll be able to say them right too. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months, a half a year of language learning for the price of three months. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code REDWEB to let them know we sent you, let them know that you want to learn some languages, and uh, it's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L. Dot com using code red web babel language for life and with that said let's dive right back into the mysteries but yeah i'd be remiss if we didn't dive into this particular theory uh and that it's very possible that this is just a hoax that these are all hoaxes that this was maybe started as a prank or started in the same vein as creepypasta which is to be taken at face value but starts as just fiction as as a piece of uh, fun lore to create to establish fear or just to like like a horror film has a purpose of just sharing fear so that's kind of like where my mind like rested heavily on was that theory of like okay it's just a hoax it's you know popped up at 20 um, you know around 2010 and then everyone from that at that point on right the whole theory of mm-hmm. just like everyone's chasing the clicks or like whatever's trending right um i mean but christian did say it was mentioned way back when right but oh god okay who's to say that someone didn't come across that and then said to themselves oh i'm gonna bring this like whole theory or mystery or whatever in you know into the 21st century right and then from there it you know spun into what we have today yeah tons of sightings and whatnot Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like I don't know. It, it seems to be coming around at the time where the internet's really taken off when more and more people are starting to make videos. And I think the fact that everyone being home, like you mentioned, everyone becoming content creators in the last year alone, this resurgence at going viral again in 2020 could be a byproduct of that. And maybe that is like when you look back in the past in the 1800s, maybe that was just a version of that then and that this True. is just a new version of it now. Yeah. And that doesn't help when there was a one popular video came out to be a hoax. The person who filmed it said that they simply pointed their phone at the sky and they took the audio from somebody else's video. That said, you go to that person's video, it's a couple guys in the woods listening to what sounds like a plane, but then it evolves into this really loud trumpety sound. And so the original video might not be explained. It's it's really hard to say. It's it's kind of like a boy who cried wolf situation. Some are, are most definitely hoaxes. Some might might be hoaxes that just aren't claiming it. I don't know. But otherwise, they're very easy to create. You just take a ship rubbing against a, a dock by accident. Just yeah. take that sound. Take get, Godzilla. Apply yep. it to another video, and you get a very Silent Hill esque moment yeah. where you're just seeing a very stoic and calm take it into environment. Adobe Suite and mm-hmm. just change the pitches mm-hmm. and stretch them out. Like yeah, a, a no. calm scene with a very unsettling sound is there's gotta be that's gotta be a genre, right? Like yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, I mean it's something that's easily I don't know you could easily produce something like that, but it uh, man it whoo if that if I was just out camping and I heard it, boy, that ain't a hoax. That's something, but I don't know. I would chalk it up to the wind. 
doing weird things. Absolutely. There's another theory in here that I, I have a lot of information on, but I, I think I'm going to tap into it briefly. Okay. And it relates the sky trumpets to this worldwide hum that some people hear. I don't want to dive into it too much because some think of these as two separate phenomenon. But very briefly, this hum sound has been reported by a lot of people across the world. In fact, there's a town in New Mexico named Taos, and 2% of the population of that city or that town claim to hear this hum in the air. Many of them are middle-aged. And the reason why I want to be brief on this one is because there's no recordings of this supposed hum. Anyone who hears the hum can hear it while someone next to them doesn't hear it. And so I don't think that there is a relationship between these two phenomena. I think that the hum might be more something like tinnitus where yeah, exactly. I can hear this high pitched like sound when it's yeah. dead quiet where you wouldn't. And it would, yeah. and that would explain why I couldn't it, capture it on video. Yeah. I mean, that would be hard to capture. But then also there's like there's devices like that that you could pick up off of Amazon where like it's a pitch where only dogs can hear. Right. But it's like only dogs and like young children can hear. Right. Because as you get older, like your hearing deteriorates. Right. So it, it's very gradual and, and slow at its pace. So it's not something that's so sudden uh, majority of the time, but it's definitely there. Yeah. I mean, the difference here is that the people that can hear the hum can't capture it. Whereas the people that hear the sky trumpets can. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction because we have a very limited range for seeing, hearing, and exploring the world via sensation. We have very primitive tools, whereas the entire range of light frequencies vastly exceeds what we can see. And I'm sure yeah. it's the same with hearing. But the reason I still wanted to mention this, though, is because there was a case in Sausalito, California where there was a supposed hum, but it did have an origin, and it was actually caused by the fish in the water mating. And I don't know how ravenous they were getting during their, you know, their coital how, moments. How hard are these yeah. fish slapping ass that's they making are, noise they like are that, slapping fin, dude. <laughs> um, but to create a hum that okay. people could perceive in the town over, basically, I just wanted to, to talk about this because there was a natural occurrence that otherwise we would have been like, totally caught off guard by creating this hum locally. And so maybe there's something like that, a natural See, phenomenon creating this <clears throat> this trumpet that we just haven't discovered yet. Yeah, I mean, th that's what I'm saying. I think it's something that's just kind of naturally mm -hmm. happening. That's where my mind would like to go. Yeah. Right? Because you don't want to think it's something crazy and world ending. But if, if something as simple as the wind... Mm -hmm. Uh, at a certain speed and uh, just shaving, you know, just skating off the drums of love in the water <laughs> and then just flowing down the mountain pass over to this village, you know, like, yeah, yeah, right. If something is simple, I mean, it's not simple in, in, in theory when you really look at it, but it's just like that's just wind and animals. I mean, my mind wants to go nature as well, but I think what can come with that is still can still be very scary because nature's real and nature has tons of real stuff that we don't know anything about. Atlantis. Atlantis. I mean, that's not scary <laughs> at all, though. You know, that's, that's magic. That's magical. Uh, just daydreaming it's now. Not Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Must be this tall to discover. Um, but nature can be scary. And that kind of leads into this next theory. Much like earthquakes, if this sound is generated by earthquakes in some way, that would be terrifying because it just shows how small we are in this universe. But so does the fact that this could be 
as some people theorize, the delayed sonic boom of a meteor entering the atmosphere. Or maybe, uh, you know, a lot of it, uh, a lot of meteors enter the atmosphere and burn up before yeah. they can ever hit the ground. Yep. And this could be, for, for any reason, one of those burning up in the atmosphere. Especially if they have craters on them, they could... Like a flute is just you're your blowing across a hole, yeah. and then you're hitting a bunch of valves to change the pitch. If a meteor comes in and it's cavernous and it has a bunch of these holes in it, whistling through the atmosphere, Damn. I can I can picture that. See, the whole like meteor theory kind of just one it lends to my my overall thought of okay, it's something natural, right? Mm -hmm. It's not anything man-made or just something natural that's happening with nature. Also, you know, didn't even think about the me whole meteor thing. This is the kind of like, I don't know, just like there could be 10 other things that occasionally yep. happen naturally that could cause this that I'm just not the, or that you never knew about, right? You know? Like if you're asking me to like sit here and think of a handful of things, like it'd take me a second to get to meteor. I wouldn't have never thought of like fish banging, like <laughs> right. And there's probably a handful of other things like that, right? Right. That that you know one that deals with the trees and the mm. mountains or how a plane is moving in a certain direction against the wind, like 10 right. miles down, et cetera. Like, Just perfect conditions to yep. create a sound, right? Yeah, there's probably like 10 different perfect condition Absolutely. theories that make complete a sense. A cave on a mountainside in a valley that just yeah. like creates another way of whistling. I don't yeah. know, uh, but but yeah, this, this particular theory is substantiated by scientist David Hill, who reports that it's possible uh, to hear a meteor without having the visual signs of a meteor. And, and that just kind of keeps me thinking, like, this is one of those things I'd sit on my porch as an old man sipping on coffee going, like, whoa. Because something to be that loud, again, it just shrinks me. It just makes yeah. me feel so, like, I am just a blip on the radar of this universe. For something to be able to create such a, a naturally loud noise. I think even, like, was it Krakatoa? Um, was uh, this ancient volcanic explosion. And it was purported to be so loud that the sound echoed around the planet several times like you would just hear the explosion waft over you absolutely insane but it was before it was it was ancient right it was yeah. like prehistoric essentially um and so that kind of stuff just like just blows my mind i love that kind of stuff yeah because if it is something that is so vast and enormous to be able to create that type of sound and noise that's heard mm -hmm. um like what else do you do but just kind of let it happen right <laughs> you, know what I mean? you just like, you go thumbs up i hope it doesn't hurt me yeah <laughs> you know? and I then hope you move on not, yeah i hope it doesn't hurt me i hope it's not if it's something that's doing it like i hope it's not coming my way like, right i mean you really there's nothing you can otherwise do. you just go like it's it's like when, just so insignificant at that mm -hmm. point it's like yeah. uh news today the sun's about to engulf the planet in the next mm, eight minutes you go well yeah <laughs> you know like you know? what do you do yep but yeah, okay, let's talk about the last theory. And, the, and you kind of tapped into this one, and this is why I talked about controlling the wind. You know, there are a lot of conspiracy theories that attach sky trumpets to HARP. HARP being a high-frequency active auroral research program that started back in 1993. Uh, and, and many people say that the sky trumpets are actually a symptom of HARP weapons. Harp weapons are definitely conspiracy theories because Harp was a, a real thing that studied the ionosphere using high frequency transmitters with the intention to improve radio communications and navigation. So it was a real thing. 
But the conspiracy theory comes in to say, well, harp was actually used to manipulate the weather and control the weather. They developed weapons with this to create some sort of like high intensity lightning blast in a city. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and that this is just a symptom of these of this technology, which is which is really interesting. But I don't know what else to say about it. You know, I mean, I mean we're going to go back to the I don't know if it was a hit, but the blockbuster movie, The Core. Right. Absolutely. They discover that it they, they <laughs> stalled the Earth's core because it wasn't natural. Right. It was a weapon that they used that was, I don't know, like triggering through the Earth. Yeah. They had to nuke it. Right? Yeah. That they is a, it's a weapon that they use that kind of like rattled through the earth and they were testing it. And then I remember halfway through, they were just like, okay, what if we, what if we use the weapon again? It's, it stalled the earth. What if it kickstarts it again? And they're oh, like, did, was it man that stalled the earth or yeah. was it natural? Yeah. Oh, they find, yeah, I forgot they, about the that. The scientists part. find out that it's like the government and yeah. using a weapon that's, uh, that stalled okay. the earth. And then they were just like, what if we just kickstart it up again? Every we'll time, back on. every time I watch this movie, it was me stumbling onto it on the Sci-Fi Channel it's, midway it's, through. It's awesome! It's, it's a really cool awesome. movie that explores like what Just, could be in the center of the Earth, like yeah. giant diamonds and, and, and stuff. And how you would journey through it, yeah, like, different layers and everything. That, like that. part I love. I love the, the pressure, mm -hmm. and, the heat, yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was really cool. But I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately... What, Christian? What? What are you, what are you laughing? You think the government... No, is <laughs> Look, all right, I'm the kind of person that's not all about these crazy theories and conspiracies and whatnot, but you know the government is, like, testing stuff somewhere, right? Oh, it's a valid theory. You, you know they're trying to... <laughs> I don't know, some type of invisibility cloak, or I'm sure they're messing with yeah. anything and everything possible. Yeah. It was just the way you said it. You went on this long tangent talking about the court, and you just went, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you you made us think that you're like that's wild but you're like that's no 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 insane <laughs> i agree but okay <laughs> it's not it's weirdly enough not insane to me to think that yeah there mm -hmm. might have been right this actual was it harp or something yeah, like that yeah h a a r p yeah where they were trying to test things for like radio stuff and it just set off some imbalance you know some anomaly that, that goes off every once in a while 100% and you know that the government is much like an iceberg. We know the tip of what they're allowed to let us know. Yeah. It took them decades to talk about the SR-71, the high-altitude uh, stealth reconnaissance vehicle, yeah. a, a plane, right? I do so believe I imagine that, like, there's something a, here. A know? lot of the technology that we have is just like, you know, years, years and years behind like what... <laughs> Reverse engineered, yeah, you know, Transformers. No, I, I, you know, a lot of the technology I think that we do have is like years behind like what the government's capable of doing, right? It's Probably, just, which it's is just, spooky as hell. Which is like really crazy and spooky, right? We have all these devices, like our, our phones, for example, are just yeah. insane with the whole, you know, what they can do. And I'm sure the government has stuff like the, like our phones that are smaller, more efficient and whatnot. Like, I truly believe that. Yeah, think of how much earlier we could have had Velcro, all right? I didn't need to be tying my laces all through my child. I could be strapped up Velcro style. I say that because Velcro came from the government. It did. Yeah. 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 It, and it's just like the little things like that where you're just like, oh, okay. Like, who's to say, you know, they didn't test the harp, didn't accidentally do some type of thing. Right. Like, like would I put my eggs in that basket? Would I put stocks into it? No. Sure. Would I put eggs in that basket? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I got six eggs are all in that basket. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean... It's it's not very likely, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. 
Just like how you're not going to prove it until they come forward and say declassified. Right. If you took that, like the list of different theories and stuff like that, one, I think it's just something natural that's happening. Mm -hmm. But if you're like declassified, the government caused it by, you know, some type of division that they had like harp and then this went down. I went, huh? Okay. I wouldn't sit there going, no, come on. Really? I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so far, there's no evidence there's uh, of any unknown technology coming out of HARP, no weaponry coming out of HARP. But again, maybe in a couple decades, be declassified. By that point, we'll have whole new mysteries to bite into, and we won't be worried about sky trumpets. We'll be worried about, I don't know, disappearing faces or something. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> man. I can't, I can't come up with... Oh, no, all my faces are going missing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is the that is the mystery of the sky trumpets. Deeply unsettling. It very really eerie. is. Like seeing that video, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Obviously, my mind is instantly like, "Okay, it's it's the wind doing some weird things." But that is so weird to come across. That would throw me off so fast. If yeah. I if I was camping in a somewhat isolated trip with you know just out there with my gear. And I heard something like that. I would contemplate going back to civilization. Like, oh, 100%. Like in that moment going, this is really weird. Should I be like heading back to civilization to see if this is something that's happening? Yeah. Are governments attacking each other? Is global warming hitting hard right now? Like, Well, I mean, even if you're camping, you're out in the middle of the woods. There's one video that I saw that it just sounded like Bigfoot screaming. Right? So, like, if you're out there... That's weird. I'd be terrified. I'm, my ass is definitely right. running back to my car. <laughs> Regardless of your belief in cryptids or yeah, not, I'm going... Us. That's some sort of mountain lion, something real that could eat me. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. Gonna, I'm going to jump by Bigfoot for not believing <laughs> it exists, bro. It's all going to come back to me. It's like, we heard your podcast. You didn't believe we it. Listened. We're sophisticated and we do teleport around as a family. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Sky Trumpets. This next one is also kind of spooky... It can either be very scary if you were experiencing it, or it can be, depending on your belief, kind of kind of pleasant. The Will-o'-the-Wisps are a paranormal phenomenon that exists across many cultures, most commonly described as a ghostly light with no apparent explanation, particularly over water or in marshes and swampy areas. You might have heard of these in many ghost stories. People in cemeteries tend to see these lights in a distance. I've seen many a ghost show, and they tend to be these, it almost looks like someone carrying a lantern in the distance. And so I think these tend to be the same phenomenon. But in Latin, it's referred to as ignis fatus, uh, which means foolish fire uh, in Latin. Oh. This phenomenon is, is relatively simple. Um, you know, we're going to do most of our time being in the theories again on this one. But witnesses have said when they've seen this that they move slowly above the water or through the trees. And whenever they are approached, these lights tend to move away from them, leading many people to think that they are being led somewhere. And of these witnesses, only a handful actually have reported that there's some sort of moisture coming off these lights, as if there's a physical presence to these lights, that they're not just ethereal, but there's something there tangibly. Norse legends claim these lights guarded treasures. Other legends say that these would guide people to treasure, while other legends, most legends, actually involve the will-o'-the-wisps leading people to some kind of trouble. So that's like a coin flip, whether you're going to get some treasure or some yeah. trouble. All right, you saved the spookiest one for last. I see you. Right, <laughs> set me up with the mushrooms. I found a way to talk about ghosts. That's my, all I'm saying. <laughs> my mind instantly goes to the reflection of like the moon on a lake. Yeah. Right. That like that, that's where I'm going mm -hmm. to try and make some type of rational thought behind this. 
And then in terms of like people feeling moisture, okay, follow, follow along. I'm following. With me here, okay? I'm following at a distance, right? but I'm following. Say like you're at home, the temperature's set perfectly. You're not yeah. too cold. You're not too hot. Oh yeah, yeah but I'm feeling it right now. But you're sitting down. Yeah. You're perfectly fine, and depending on like what your emotion is, it could you know it could trigger your like your sweat glands or your body to right. type of kind of react. So that's, that's the moisture at. you're feeling. Yeah, so is, is it could like, be something so yeah, bodily. Right? Yeah, yeah, so it's something more bodily, where like emotionally more, they're thinking some way, and, and even you know, if your adrenaline's going, yeah. if you if you have fear for yeah. seeing this thing, you're just like there's a floating uh, bright orb. Yeah, like, I feel like I'd get the chills. Yeah, you get the little chills, sweats. a little sweat. That's where my mind is going. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just your tummy hurts, and you go, ah, I'm just gonna try and get past this because <laughs> I'm in, you know I'm enjoying watching this show, or I'm I'm in the middle of a match or something. like like that sure, and sure. Then you just start sweating it up. <laughs> <laughs> you start dripping. I think maybe the moisture has to do with the fact that these tend to be seen in the marshes, the swamps, some sort of body of water. Uh, maybe maybe it's just steamy out there. But maybe, then why weren't maybe, they steamy before? I think I think it is like you know emotionally it's it's triggering your body to start to sweat. A yeah. Bit. That, that plays, but now that I'm thinking about steam coming off this, the, you know, you have fog settled over a lake. Yeah. Maybe that's catching some natural phenomena that's creating that light, or maybe uh, the moon reflecting the moon. off the lake. Yeah. I guess if it's moving between trees, that's where it starts to become difficult to explain. Okay. But if, yeah. No, that's weird. But if it's above the water, yeah, that's totally possible. If the it's like a up. light that's moving around, I'm like, oh. Yeah. I Especially if you can approach it, like it's a physical thing there in yeah. front of you. I wouldn't um, say hello. No, no way. I wouldn't. The thing is, it's in a lot of folklore. It's so popular that even Disney included it in Brave. Uh, I know exactly mm-hmm. the movie you're talking about, but that thing, that's one of the few Disney movies I have yet to see. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was like the blue little orb floating about and she follows it. In the movie, they say it leads to your fate in Bangladesh and West Bengal. They call these lights the Alea. They say that it either leads fishermen astray or it could lead them to safety. So again, you have that 50-50 split on... If it's going to lead you to something good or lead you to something bad. Would you follow it? I don't know. I'd play it by ear. I think I'd follow it like step by step. But if if it's taking me into an environment that I normally wouldn't want to be in, I'm not going to be there with it. I'm not going to say, yeah, let me step into this dark forest with you. I'd I'd come up to the threshold and say, this is where I end. What if you're already in said dark forest? Then I don't. Then I ask, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) I say, say, is Hagrid around? Why am I following the spiders? I got to get out of here. But yeah, I mean, like a lot of, I mean, Argentina has folklore around it. They call it the Luz Mala or the evil light. They attribute color to its meaning. And they say, you know, if it's a white light, it represents a distressed soul in need of prayer. If it if it's red or appears red in any way, it's Satan tempting the onlooker. So I find that very interesting, too, because they attribute Different. meaning to the color of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're getting intricate with the details here. I thought it was just like one shade of light mm-hmm. that's just like reflecting off, not moving. But if it's moving and it's If it's different. reacting to your presence, then yeah. that's interesting. If it's moving or reacting to your presence, ooh, boy, that's... I mean, nothing good comes from that. Come on. No. Nothing that is a question mark or unknown that reacts to your presence is worth pursuing. Unless you yeah. are a scientist on the brink of a discovery and you are in very comfortable territory. Like, you, yeah. I am holding an experiment. If you're just out and about, I'm Alfredo Diaz going about my day. Oh, no. what's that thing? Let me follow it. No, like there's you don't, just no you, way. Just like you don't take candy from strangers. There's you don't no take way, lights huh? from the planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> you I, don't I, take I don't lights know. from the planet Earth. Uh, or whatever's causing it. 
One last thing I wanted to mention was the Marfa Lights uh, in Marfa, Texas, way out west of where we are now. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Some people think that the Marfa Lights uh, were, were also Will of the Wisps uh, kind of forming in that area. Is it some kind of like event that happened over there? We're actually uh, talking about doing an episode on them at one point, but they're a recurring phenomenon in Texas, east of Marfa, Texas in the U.S., it's been attributed to ghosts, UFOs, or will-o'-the-wisps. Mm-hmm. People will see the, the floating lights from across the fields and, and planes. It's very et flat out there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I mean, light bends, you know? So, who's to say it's not... Since it's so flat, you can see... Can't you think about it. mirages, maybe? Like, like, like a mirage, off the, like the, the curvature floor. of the earth with the light. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to make some sense of it in my no, mind. No, I mean, like, yeah, the phenomenon of ghost ships stems from ships that are way out on the horizon. Yeah. Because of the way light reflects, I don't know, the, the science behind it right. necessarily. But if you get a really good camera and zoom way in, you can. See, it looks like the ship is feet off of the water just because of the way light is bending and yep. etc. Uh, and so maybe that's uh, something that's happening here, whether it be car lights or what have you. But there are a lot of theories that attempt to explain this. One such theory is that this is from a bioluminescent organism. Oh, man, yeah. You know, lightning bugs, yeah. some forms of fungi. Now, it being such a bright light and it being hard to distinguish the shape of it and what it is. I mean, but it being physical, like a bug, could explain why maybe there's some sort of moisture coming off of it in some way. Is there some type of like environment where this is always happening in? No, it seems like it it happens just anywhere. It seems like a lot of cultures around the world. Yeah, I mean, I I would think maybe it's some undiscovered bug if you're, I mean, right? Because we talked about this before. There's a ton of different like insects and creatures that are undiscovered in the Amazon. There's just Mm -hmm. like hundreds of millions of different. But that's because of how hard it is to reach spots Th- this is like yeah, this if you've got this this rare bioluminescent thing i don't know man i i don't know if it's this but it's I, I wouldn't i wouldn't think it's i don't see it like it's also it's, very bright you're seeing it like a lot of people see these from far away and so I if just, it's bioluminescent i don't tend to see that from a very great distance yeah i don't see myself like putting my vote in that theory mm-hmm. it's just it's some type of like undiscovered bug and i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or a floating that, mushroom that that's popping up all over the planet? I don't know. Yeah. Nah. Well, there's two more theories that are pretty interesting. Okay. But some theorize that the Will-o'-the-Wisps could actually be an example of ball lightning, which is a very rare phenomenon. Like a like a Pikachu moveset? Ball <laughs> yeah. Lightning? Why, Christian, why are you laughing, bro? It's, it's a very rare phenomenon. And honestly, I don't even know if it's substantial yet ball lightning, but it's essentially small balls of lightning that last longer than normal lightning strikes. And they are usually seen after lightning strikes because that's why they're called ball lightning. It's essentially an orb of lightning. They have been reported to pass through windows and walls, and they have also been purported to have a smell like sulfur. But the problem with it is, I think they only exist in theory. I don't know if there's actual substantial video evidence of them. Yeah. I mean, you can you can look it up. There's people like you and I, like a show like this that talks about them, but there isn't a lot of hardback scientific knowledge. I think CBS right. uploaded a video of one, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. And I click it, and it's just lens flare. I debunked it. I'm like, those are not ball lightning. Those are just pieces yeah. of lens flare from where the lightning struck, and it glowed for a second. So... 
But I don't know, maybe I'm just, I don't know much about ball lightning, but as far as my knowledge of it exists is that it's a just an unproven phenomenon. But the thing is, even if that like is a phenomenon that happens, then every time there'd be this sighting, it would correlate with like a lightning storm, right? Yeah, seems so. Yeah, so otherwise, like, how would it be this ball of lightning? Yeah. So it, that that's where that theory falls short for me. In addition to that, though, too, I mean, if ball lightning only lasts for a few moments and it moves very fast, true, these will-o'-the-wisps are said to move very slowly and can last upwards of hours. I mean, if it lasts upwards of hours, I didn't know. I was thinking like minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hours? Yeah, have anyone go and investigate? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe everyone that investigates gets yeah. gobbled up and yeah. disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, what if it's some sort of like fourth dimensional being, like an angler fish? Uh, luring us in with some, you know how the anglerfish has yeah, that little yeah, yeah, node, the, yep, yeah, yep. and they lure fish in. A little light on, and we're just dangles. like, oh, I'm gonna be the first person to, to figure this out. Sure, you might figure it out, but you're gonna be gone, Dang. and then you go, dis- you get disappeared. There, yeah, could you imagine like that's how like some type of like but, uh, I don't know weird it creeps creature me out. being just like trying to lure people. Maybe that's how Bigfoot eats. He he throws out a glowing orb. Everything comes back to Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got to eat, and he has no evidence of existing, <laughs> and he exists. Um, but the leading theory is that this is caused by swamp gas created by decaying organic matter, which makes a whole lot of sense if you're near bodies of water, especially the swampland or the marshland. And this theory was first proposed by the inventor of the Volt battery, Alessandro Volta, back in 1776. So it's been around for quite some time. Volta hypothesized that the methane gas uh, that comes from the marshes would be interacting with electricity and spontaneously combusting. But for an hours, for hours though, it is a bit strange. Like, like that's a bit strange. Like the time, there's like the certain things that just kind of are like hard debunks for me in terms of these theories mm-hmm. right and then it could be the i mean mostly it's just the time the time frame right I, like again i thought it was minutes You're talking hours this is going on for supposedly poten- yeah you know yeah, i don't know if we have a documented one for hours hours like that's it could wild. be like 10 minutes and someone's just so yeah flabbergasted by this yeah. thing that when they recount the story from 10 years ago they're like it was hours yeah. days it took, wow but <laughs> i think what's interesting about this particular theory is that modern scientists have built off of this idea yeah and said that well you know perhaps this is the oxidation of things like phosphine diphosphine and methane all created by organic decay in marshy areas. And this oxidation is essentially, the process scientifically is it losing an electron. But layman's terms is just these gases interacting with oxygen in the air. And if there is some sort of energizing that's happening or some, I don't know, reaction, it could be these gases glowing in a way. Again, I don't know how long this process would last unless conditions were just right right for this concentrated pocket to sit there and glow. Even then, right? I mean, you're, we talked about, it's kind of where I'm going with this, like this concentrated pocket. Mm -hmm. Even if it was that, how do you explain it moving then? So if you're in the trees, I can imagine the trees really doling down the wind. And so if there's just a subtle current of air and this very concentrated pocket of phosphine or whatever. Right. Then it looks like it's swaying around. It looks like Like it's just kind of floating. What is the movement? Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that does make sense. And then above the water, though, you know, you think that that would be swept away pretty cleanly. 
But it all depends. It all depends on the environment you're in. That's maybe why these are more rare because it necessitates yeah, such this gas conditions. meeting the oxygen and then not being swept away. Briefly, though, there are some other theories, one such as ghosts, right? There are ghost stories that sound very similar to this, thereby it makes a lot of sense to attribute these to the paranormal, that maybe this is just a ghost. Spirit wandering. Right. I have some information here that makes this sound even more outlandish, so I do want to talk about it. There are tales in Europe, and I guess even in the United States, and this, this is very wild, that someone named either Will or Jack, after committing some kind of crime, would be doomed to haunt the marshes. I don't know who started this, but it sounds like they had it out against a man named Will and or Jack. But then these ghosts would lure people to the swamps so they would too get lost. And that since many of these legends surrounding the Will-O-Wisps revolve around these kinds of wrongdoing or leading people to the wrong locations or, or things of that nature, there are stories consistent across the world that revolve around ghosts in environments like this leading people astray. Um, whether it be people like Will and Jack doing some sort of criminal behavior, becoming a ghost and misleading people, or things like in Argentina where they just called them evil light and whatever the origin was. Um, I don't know. I think there's something interesting there that a lot of cultures have stories around these wisps Yeah. and least common denominator there would be ghosts. Please no. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I'm, I'm okay. Could you imagine you're out in the swamps, in the bayou, just looking for gators, trying to, trying to hang out, you right. know, enjoy Louisiana a little bit. Sure. And you see this light. And you're like, you know what? Let's turn the fan boat that way. Let's just see where this is headed. You follow it. You become lost. And then suddenly you become a, a wisp yourself. And you're just like, well, oh, great. Now I'm just one of those fairies from Legend of Zelda floating about. Yeah. Like, trapped <laughs> hey, forever in this swamp. Not a great existence. Yeah, no, I wouldn't chase that down ever. And then the last theory that's worth talking about, because it does, despite the sound of it, does have a lot of uh, backing, is that this could be barn owls flying over swampy areas, or could be the moon reflecting off of it, or other sources of light reflecting off of the barn owl, creating this illusion that there's a floating light. Now, that doesn't address the moisture potentially, and it doesn't really address people trying to follow it. But it does try to ground this phenomenon in reality with creatures that would otherwise be flying around these types of yeah. areas. I mean, even, I don't know. I, I feel like if that's something that's happening, it would be in an instant. Yeah. Even if people were like, oh, these lights happen for two minutes. Like, to see the light reflect perfectly off of this owl for more than an instant seems a little yeah. weird to me. I mean, I guess then I start to think about the eyes. And if and if a light can catch the eyes just right, just like a cat or yeah. even like a human yep. at certain angles, right? You get red eye. But it's worth mentioning too, because maybe there's a, a deeper conspiracy here. Maybe barn owls are nefarious creatures in and of themselves behind, I knew this, I knew this guy behind the, the world's most evil doings. You know, I, I can't help but notice that we've, we've talked about the barn owls with the Jersey Devil and the Mothman. Yeah. Maybe they're just out here trolling us. Yeah. Maybe these are you, you devil just, spawn you look that are out here taking ancient down ancient tablets good people. and scrolls, and you just realize, <laughs> oh my god, there's an owl in every single one of them. Oh my god, you were onto something. I've seen some ancient hieroglyphics <laughs> going back to the pyramids there's of Giza. I've seen birds. Owls. Oh, I'm finding it. I'm Googling it now. There. They've always owl been hieroglyphs. There. Well, now you're just looking for owl like no, specifically owl. I'm gonna find you the picture. It yeah, exists. We're talking about like look at this. Yeah, I mean that, that is is that a barn owl or is that a barn owl? I mean that's specifically 
Hmm? An owl, for an owl. I'm going to look up a barn owl. I'm talking about see. like the ancient Egyptians were onto something. A bunch oh of Oh my God, it is. Oh my God. I've got a new theory for the world. Look at that and okay. look at that. Wow. Look at that, barn owl. Now look at that. Wow. Hieroglyphic. An owl. Christian. <laughs> Christian for your eyes only. Christian. For your eyes only. Uh -huh. Look at this. Uh -huh. Take the take the details in yeah. on the face. Yeah, yeah. Take, take look in. at that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks like go. an owl. It's an owl. It's an owl. Uh, you know, just out in the woods. Look at the face. <laughs> wow. Don't laugh yeah. at me. It's crazy. I'm telling you, I'm onto something. Dude, that's wild. I, I am dude, you're onto, onto it, man. Hey, I'm the, <laughs> you should chase that. Get theory. these earthly mysteries. You should chase it. Take these out of my face. We don't need earthly mysteries anymore. We are on to something deeper. Task force, <laughs> Dude, this is the first to call to action I've ever needed you on. Yeah. We are we are deep in the throes of owlception. Yeah. Okay. There is a I, there is a conspiracy to be had to here. Dang. This guy's gonna come back with the powers of an owl. <laughs> <laughs> I was bit by an owl on my journey. Follow the like, follow the conspiracy. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I maybe I caught onto something real deep in the in the cabal of the owls. But you, we talked about lizard people. I'm I'm thinking owls are behind yeah. it all. Not these lizards. Not these cold blooded entities. Right. Owls. owls. And now now that I'm onto something, they're starting to scramble my brains. I can't even think straight, guys. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. You I see doomed. you both nodding. Yeah. You're, you're both. Doomed. Yep. There's a nod. I love and doing there's a this smile. <laughs> I love it. It, awesome. it brings a whole different energy. Uh, and, and us being in person for the first time is probably why this episode was so long. But hey, if that's what it has to be, that's, that's what, what it is. is. That's what it is. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. No, this is definitely there's no going a lot back. more fun in person. We did a year's worth from yeah, quarantine, not seeing each it other's started faces. started in person, and now... Now we'll, first recording yeah, in person. Now we'll end with <laughs> owl people. Boy, was it goopy. Goopy. <laughs> Listen, when you get home, kick on your flops and socks. <laughs> I was going to say, we should take a picture of this fit here. Throw it <laughs> on the damn. Here we go. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. This man's drip this man's is wild. I'm going to post that today, I think. I don't. I can't even wait. <laughs> I want to tell the world that we recorded in person. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Appreciate you all. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Now here at the end of it, you must have listened to it. So I don't know. I'm already speaking to the, to the captured audience. But, uh, you know, subscribe wherever you listen to audio podcasts. But we also have YouTube now. You know, yeah. it is 2021. We've discovered the web, uh, youtube.com slash redwebpod if you prefer to consume us there. And uh, what else we got? You know, big thanks to everyone that's been copping all the merch, man. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, we talk about it over and over again. It's still crazy. We're but. working on, uh, I, I say this every week, and I, I think we just need to get a date now, but we have some cryptid pins designed. Yep. Ready to go. We just need to figure out when those are going to launch. Logistics well, we, are still all over the place. Well, we the world talked is about chaos. Like, potentially more pins. Then we talked about mm -hmm. like having limited edition pins. But mm -hmm. now we know that the designs are finalized. So. Yeah. I think we need to do something with flops and socks. You know, I really want to spread comfort to <laughs> and, the world and, now. And, and owls. Well, maybe this is the owl's bane. They didn't know what they stepped into. An owl with socks in flops. Woo! <laughs> Now we're on to something. We end it. Now we're on to something. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> we should go now. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Tune in next week, every Monday. New Mystery Fredo. I'll see you right back in this very in-person room, yes, tapping on this will. table, flipping pages, showing you pictures in person next Monday. In some flops. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.